Hello, this is Maurice Harker. For almost 20 years, we've been building a team of hundreds of clinicians, coaches, mentors, and people just like you who have discovered and love to teach life-changing principles. Our coaches have made a special investment to make sure you can hear these messages. You will hear stories of triumphant healing from specialists and people having a real life just like you. We hope to increase your awareness that you are not alone and there are so many others who are enlisted in this work to train and heal the whole family. You will find these principles are an amazing synergy of the most accurate cutting-edge science with familiar gospel principles. We are passionate eternal warriors and we hope you will join us. Hey, welcome back. I'm here with Maurice Harper, and we were just discussing the great time that I had understanding at another deeper level, the concept that Maurice has kind of pointed out to me that I think, oh, isn't that a great, powerful thing? And it is this uh, concept of connection and how connection helps people in addiction. In fact, there's a statement. The opposite of addiction is connection. But Maurice, you were in, the, I recently heard you present at the North Star Conference and you had something come out that just totally said that totally ties to that connection that you teach. But how that statement, the opposite of addiction is connection, has also become kind of a little bit of a, of a stumbling block for people, even though it's really an amazing saying that has a lot of truth to it. So tell us a little bit about that. Okay. So I need to express some gratitude for whoever came up with this phrase, the opposite of addiction is connection. I do remember the first time I heard it, I had a little bit of a, something's incomplete in the explanation. It's a little too short of a sentence to be fully understood. I left it alone for a while because it's not a phrase I use a lot, but then I kept hearing people say it and I started to see a, I started to see the flaw that I don't think the original person meant for. There is something powerful about human connection. There's something that gives us fortitude and motivation and drive when we feel connected to people. But I started seeing a, a misapplication of the concept where people would say the opposite of addiction is connection. And those who were fighting for self-mastery would be sliding into a passive position of waiting to receive connection. And the service providers or the caretakers or the loved ones were feeling an increased obligation to give connection. Mm -hmm. And so this circle started to, you know, the person, imagine uh, a rock climber who feels stuck where they are and then a person at the top of the hill sees them and throws a rope over the edge and says, I, uh, let me help you. I want to give you a rope of connection. And the person at the bottom goes, oh, good. Thank you. Oh, but wait, I'm going to need another rope and more ropes. And I need you to have more ropes to help me feel connected. Otherwise, I'm going to have to fall off this cliff. And this tendency for the person at the top of the hill start to panic like, I've tried this to give connection, I've tried that to give connection. I've got all these different ways I've tried to give connection. I've asked other people to give connection and this person is like waiting to get more connection and it's exhausting the loved one and it's, it's, it's not producing the results it's supposed to produce. Well, 
as I pulled the lens back and approached it from a different angle, I'm going, what's missing here? What's wrong with this recipe? And I look at my own history on what I have to do to avoid addiction, what I've seen others have to do to avoid addiction. If you don't wake up in the morning and start the conversation with what do I need to do to give connection? If you start the day with what do I need to do to receive connection, the formula is upside down right from the beginning. If the person fighting for self-mastery is thinking in terms of receiving connection, we're in trouble. But when we seek to give connection, and so as we were talking earlier also about what starts to happen to a person's brain and spirit when they wait to receive connection, they walk into a singles ward or a, a social setting and wait for someone to give them connection. And then they leave and they feel like no one went out of their way to connect with them. But the, what they don't realize is someone on the other side of the building walked in with the same mentality. They walked in and waited for someone to give them connection while you walked in and waited to receive connection. And then 10 other people all came in and they had the courage to show up because I gave people a chance to connect with me. Mm -hmm. And they all leave with no connection because they all thought the opposite. Now I have to go misbehave with my addiction because I didn't receive connection. I gave people a chance to connect with me and they didn't. Therefore, I have to go get my needs met somewhere else. Wow. Now imagine the scenario where each one of them comes in with the plan to give connection. What happens in a room of 10 people where they all intend to make efforts to give connection? And so they walk across the room and say, hi, I'd like to give you some connection. No, I want to give you connection. No, you, a third person shows up. I want to give some connection. Can I give some connection? You got 10 people all trying to give connection. What happens when you have 10 people trying to give connection? They, it's just splashing connection all over the place and people start swimming in it. Okay. It reminds me of the Bishop's storehouse, the way it was intended to be, was to come in and give of your resources before you say what you need. So everyone gave before they took anything home. They all gave before they took anything home. And the only way the law of consecration will work is if everyone's focused on giving more than they are on receiving. And so imagine a, a micro society or a macro society where people are all coming with the intent to give connection. Our American histori hist history people understand, uh, don't ask what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. They understood this concept back then where if we all think of what we can receive, we're in trouble. If we all think about what we can give, we can create a utopian society. And so if you really want to overpower the tendency to feel empty, the tendency to feel temptation, the tendency to feel things coming toward you and at you, you must bring a desire, even if you can only desire to believe you're to the work, even if you can only desire to give connection. And what we found out is in almost every case, if you show up to give connection and there's at least one other person there who wants to give connection to, you can usually experience a decently pleasant social experience. Even if you're awkward, hi, I'm awkward. Hi, I'm awkward too. Okay. Somehow that can turn into a pleasant experience. Yeah. And you can tell really fast if others came to give connection. 
because when you shake hands with someone, you can feel them take connection from you or attempt to give some back really fast. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about people from different personality styles and different backgrounds, we have each one of us that give connection in different ways. We have those like my son who are the hands-on knuckle dragger types and he steps into a room and he says, can I lift that piano for you? Can I move that furniture for you? Can I pull your truck out of the mud for you? Can I like, he just like, he's on the opposite of the spectrum where someone who's got a more sensitive personality can come in and say, from across the room, I could see your eyes were a little dim. And I just wanted to sit by you and say, can I say something or do something to lift your day a little bit? Okay. You have the sensitive types, the aware types, you have the warm types that we all have superpowers of things we can give. It's the story behind life-changing services of people who have their unique gift to give. And as I've gained a testimony of a team that can move mountains and the pleasure of being on a team and how people's tendency to misbehave or their loneliness or their this the, the keen awareness that I'm in the lone and dreary world becomes irrelevant and farther away when I can wake up in the morning and say, I'm part of a team that likes to lift. I'm part of a team that likes to give connection. And I don't have to do all of it. I can just do my part and we can all rejoice and be edified by the experience. And so it's fun to watch Lisa do her lifting the way she lifts and gives her things and watching some of the people behind the scenes that are really good at listening to a podcast and editing it and posting it and someone who's good at graphic design and someone who's good at talking and someone who's good at editing those people. I don't get those editor types. That's the opposite of Maurice is to dot I's and cross T's. Oh. So give, find your superpower or experiment with what might be your superpower. You can try out from a beginner's point, the five love languages. And instead of picking which love language is yours to receive, pick a love language to give. And guess, pick someone across the room and guess, are they a words of affirmation person? Are they a gifts person? Are they a touch person? And try all five of them on them and see which one gets the best results. And them a dandelion. And if they go, what is that? I don't even like dandelions. They're probably not the gift type. But we all know that the gift receiving type, if they see a dandelion, they think it's Christmas. They're like, oh my gosh, that is the cutest thing ever. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. They tell their friends for three days. They went other way. They got me a dandelion. It was the cutest dandelion in the whole wide world. I can't believe they gave me a dandelion. I feel so loved. Okay. I myself am a words of affirmation guy. It does not take much. Even if someone says something like, dang, you're not as dumb as I thought. Okay. That is words of affirmation where I come from. And I can smoke that one for four days. Like that person thinks I was smart. I didn't say you were smart. They just said you're not as dumb as they thought. I'm, I'm taking it. I'm going with it. I'll go with that. Okay. Yeah. My mother, who's a touch person, all you got to do is squeeze your, her shoulders, you walk by and she's good for three days. She's all like, oh, I felt so good. Thank you. Thank you. You can do that the other side if you want to. Just squeeze on that side too. And I just sit here and coo like a dove. As you touch my shoulders. So I invite everyone to think in ways, if you're just sitting there brain dead for a second and just go, what can I do to give someone connection? 
and then just pick a person and go just splash some on them. Grab your little brother, give him a noogie. Hit it. I don't know why that feels good to some people, but that feels good to some people. Mm -hmm. Well, just being seen feels so good to people, right? What? I, I can see you. It just makes people think, what? Somebody sees me. So that's the thing that they need think of, because I've always been curious to ask you as it relates to this, the opposite of addiction is connection and that to go with the intent to give connection is so brilliant. Like we've kind of got a social sickness in our day, just a little bit, you know, this, I forgot how to connect. I feel scared or more scared or feel more scared or to connect. I don't like to talk to people on the phone. It scares me bad now. I used to be able to do that when that's what's required. You know, there's just a lot of disconnecting. And then we also have this principle, you know, that the strength of a team and what the adversary does to keep us from the strength of a team. You can see that, you know, there's some motive in all of that to, mm -hmm. to get us all more isolated and expecting connection. And then interpreting when we don't receive it, that's more evidence that that's just not a safe place for me, not a comfortable place. For me. What would you mm -hmm. say about just that whole dynamic of where we are as a, you know, this society thing we're doing with all this technology? And you know, the general authorities have reminded us that uh, we should not be afraid of technology, but we should use it to our advantage. And I was in a sense of human group a little while ago, and I, I wanted to demonstrate the power of this. And so I had them all, all get their phones out and open up their contact list to just while they were not looking, just slide their thumb up and down, up and down, and then randomly slap on any name that showed up. Okay. And they're like, wait, I want a different one. No, just take any name that shows up. Okay. Let's pretend it's some kind of divine intervention. And I just said, now type in the following two words. You matter. You matter. Okay. And they're all, okay, you matter. I says, now push send. Okay. And they're like, you can't just, you can't just say to a random person, you matter. That's so weird. They're going to think and think and think and think and think. I says, hold on a second. Let me do a demonstration here. Now all y'all flip it around and sit there with your phones for a second. I want y'all pretend. A random person off your contact list just sent you a text message that says you matter. Now tell me how you would feel if that happened. They're like, dang, I, I am cool. I am, I am an important person. I'm all now. Do you think that person's creepy? No. Do you think that person's got some mental illness? No. I think they finally woke up to reality. That's what I think. They, they didn't know that I matter. And now they know that I matter. There you go. That's what it means when they say you matter. I'm all, okay, we'll just go with that. That's close enough. All right. But I wanted to demonstrate to them and several of them got responses and big thank yous or hearts or, and I says, now, how do you feel now that you've gotten a response? They're like, I'm feeling pretty good. That person says, thank you. You, I really needed to hear that today. And I says, you just did a ripple effect on the earth. You just initiated an earthquake with two words and a random name. 
And so the, the, if you, if they had waited for someone else to send them a two word text message that says you matter, they would have been waiting for a long time, but just by picking this ties deeply into our M square with our manpower calendar. I'm sure there's a letter in the, you can tell me about what's on the girl power square, but the minister square, what does that mean? We tell the new guys, it means you do anything that makes someone else's life better. Anything. It can be small, it can be big, it can be a smile, it can be a high five, it can be a sweep the kitchen floor for five minutes or less, yeah. anything that makes someone else's life better. And you can use the five love languages to help you choose what is that it's going to be. And we do that not so they can get good at serving other people. We do it so it can crack the shell on their connection through giving connection. We want them to feel that sensation of, wow, you can really produce some positive energy when you give connection, when you try to make someone else's life better on purpose. And it's fascinating to watch. We'll do it in groups sometimes. I'll just say, all right, everyone gives somebody else some connection. And they end up like hugging each other. No, 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 no. That's Well, you said give some connection. We've been in this group together for six months. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So good. And so, yeah, just so incredible. Such an incredible thing. It, it sounds a lot like my mother, actually. What do you mean? Like, I don't have any friends. Did you try to say hi to somebody? You know, whenever you see somebody sitting by themselves, you go sit by them. Whenever somebody's new and you haven't seen them before, you go say hello to them. You know, she's amazing at that. But my personality isn't her personality. So it has been one of those things where I'm like, I'm glad her voice is still in my head. Well, I've seen you do it. You're great at it. Yeah. You're really good at walking to her and says, we're going to be best friends within 20 minutes, whether you like it or not. Yeah. I'm just going to, yeah, I do have a testimony of that principle of being seen. Big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you, you, Karen. Thanks, Worry. And you know oh, what? I love it. I just had to add something after Maurice left our meeting, just to give you an example of something I noticed that he did at that North Star conference. We have a group at Life Changing Services that is like Metamoroni, but it's called Sons of Sacrifice. It is for gay men and the gentleman that runs that group is Warren Bittner, an amazing, inspired guy. And he and Maurice have worked together for some years and learned a lot from each other. And it was really neat to be at that North Star Conference and go into this breakout room where they were having a panel of some of the participants of the Sons of Sacrifice group. And Maurice was on this panel with them. And then the whole meeting was about addiction recovery, sexual self-mastery. And as they all started talking about the like Dragons Did They Fight book and the men in the room started asking different questions like, how does this differ from that? And how is it any different from this? And what's, what kind of angle does it 
take on, you know, the savior and here's something I've tried this, that, and this, what is that going to do for me that this hasn't that kind of stuff. And anyway, Marie, I think he just, because he's associated with Warren for several years and he can see the strength and the gifts that Warren has, especially when Warren was able to see more clearly that he had, you know, a purpose and mission that he could do specifically with the gifts that he has as a son of God who identifies as a gay man, which is so incredibly important. So Maurice, I hadn't seen him do this for some time. And since COVID has been a thing for so long, to see him do it in person was really powerful to me because it just filled me with so much gratitude and the spirit just bore witness that, you know what, this is another piece of that give connection. And one of the things that came out in that panel was that how important it is for men who identify as gay to also have really healthy relationships of connection with other men. And so that was one of the things and that it was actually something that they trained on that Warren felt really strongly about in the Sons of Sacrifice was to have a specific unit of training in that group for connecting at a healthy, validating that, you know, you matter and that this connection matters and I'm giving connection because it helps me to heal. And so one of the things that Maurice did in that meeting, that was so awesome. And he's often said this, and any of you that have been around life-changing services for very long, you understand that passion projects are a thing and that, you know, after you are in a place of recovery, one of the most helpful things you can do is along the way, be identifying where your passion lies and how you can do something that is very edifying to you and to others that also requires the spirit of God in it to help you show up in this connecting way, giving service and reaching out through your passion to serve other people. But what he said was so incredibly cool. He said, okay. And he said it in such a bold way. And, oh, I'm going to apologize ahead of time because I do not want to offend anybody. And sometimes I get nervous when I talk about our brothers and sisters who identify as LGBTQ. I just think, am I going to say this wrong? I don't want anybody to, to take it wrong. So I'm apologizing ahead of time and letting you know that my ignorance around this is, can be pretty broad. So, But I don't mean to be hurtful in any way. I mean to be, I mean to illuminate this incredible spirit of power that I saw there. So Maurice said, you know what? We are here talking about sexual self-mastery and addiction and recovery, but that is not what we're here to focus on. That is not the focus. We don't care about addiction, recovery, and sexual self-mastery because then we'll just be worthy won't be doing things outside of our value system and can feel better about things. We focus on addiction and recovery because 
it's an obstacle. It's something that is in our way, keeping us from doing what we're meant to do. And then he pointed out, I am a heterosexual man. And I'm in a room full of amazing gay men who care deeply about people, about things. And he said, there are things you can do that I will never be able to do because you have gifts that I do not have. There's something very gifted and special and like meant to be for you as gay men that heterosexual men will never be able to accomplish no matter how hard they try. And it is because they do not have your gifts, your sensitivities. And he started kind of using an example of an elder's quorum. Like I can go into elder's quorum and completely miss any important sensitive thing that was really valuable to catch because it would have made all the difference for someone or some idea or some principle that was going through. But because you are not me and you do have that sensitivity, you have a responsibility to stand and to use your gifts what, for what they were meant for. And then I had this awakening of, you know what? Look at this conference. We're in a conference with so many people that identify in the LGBTQ community. And we're talking about how to connect, how to appropriately care for one another and understand each other in this culture of Latter-day Saint living. And it was just amazing to see Maurice get so full of emotion and warrior chemistry. It was like a call to arms of, I have work to do. You have work to do. I can do only so much. And we need the gay community who care so deeply about God and uh, to not just be focusing on sexual self-mastery and addiction recovery. We need you to remove this obstacle in your life and be motivated to do so because you have things to do that most men cannot do that need to be done in order to, you know, he didn't say this out loud, but I was thinking in order to support God's work and what he's trying to accomplish to bring to pass all of his work. So I just wanted to share that with you because it was amazing. His message of go get connection went beyond the whole, I need you to give me connection. And he also highlighted that, you know, because this community has been margin marginalized, it's easy to see why it would make sense to not give connection. Because maybe you play small just to not show up and not have to be uh, confronted with that connecting peace because you have been marginalized, but he, that needs to be no more. And that's why we're getting rid of the obstacle of this, you know, addiction and why it's so important for you to come link arms with us here. It's really powerful. And then one of the gentlemen in the room stood up and he said with emotion and so much gratitude, 
thank you for creating a space that I could step into right here and say that I know that you are right. I know that that is true. And he shared a little experience about his elders quorum and what he can see and what he can do that he knows is uniquely his calling and his gift, but he's never been able to say the why. And he said, the why is because I'm this man, a son of God, but I also have the gifts of someone who identifies as gay. So anyway, thanks for listening. I hope that that's really helped you. Like it's helped me that give connection. It's kind of like you have to be a team to get a team and a team is so required in our lives to be able to see our healing clearly and what God wants of us or the work that he wants to accomplish with us. So yeah, we're all needed. And oh, again, please forgive me if I said any of that wrong, but I just really appreciate the things that I've learned about this subject and where we appreciated the veracity and where chemistry that I was able to witness at that amazing conference. So full of love, so full of the spirit of God and so full of the savior and his atonement. Thank you. See you next time. Thank you for listening. As you can see, we are very enlisted in what we have learned and hope to teach. If you have found today's message inspiring, please share this podcast with family and friends so others can enjoy and be edified along with us. Be sure to download the free book that holds all the core principles behind what we teach. This book is called Like Dragons Did They Fight. You will find a link for that free download at Like Dragons Free. And remember, you can find all the life-changing resources, programs, and trainings needed for you and your family at lifechangingservices.org.